Hi, I'm Sam Smeltzer, and I'm an HR intuitive and healer, and you're listening to The Heart of It Podcast, where we chat about what matters most in the world of HR, the people. And today, it's kind of crazy to say it, but we are doing the final episode of season two, the official season two of The Heart of It Podcast. And we're going to do that by taking a look back at this incredible year of guests and shows by highlighting and counting down the top five episodes as dictated by you, the listeners. That's right. We're going to revisit the top five episodes that got the most downloads in 2021. Are you ready for this? Let's do this. Well, here we are at the end of 2021, being able to look back. This is a new tradition for us. I started last year as we officially concluded season one. Uh, And partially that's because season one really highlighted the first time that we had guests on this podcast. It's been around for about seven years. And there's just so many great guests, because if you know, uh, in season one, but then especially in season two, I had a personal goal of coming weekly, having a guest every single week to do 52 episodes for the entire year. Uh, And we pretty much matched that goal. So very, very awesome. But with that amount of guests, I feel like uh, there's just so much that has happened in the last year. This podcast allows me to learn so much. uh, And I thought this is just a beautiful way for us to revisit some of the episodes, the most downloaded episodes as per you, the listener. Um, But it gives a really great taste of what we experienced this year. And um, I would say this, this top five countdown for 2021 does that beautifully. It's a little bit of everything that we really hit on for this year. Now, before we start this countdown, I feel like I should share with you as we're closing out a year, getting ready to plan and vision for a new year to remind you that we have our upcoming Vision Fest that we now offer virtually and in person. So we've opened up in-person spots, limited spots, so we can do social distancing safely with the pandemic that we're still actively navigating. And for those who don't feel safe coming in person or are not local to the area, we have amazing virtual opportunities that were very successful and uh, really a favorite last year. So find out more about that at the Intuitive Heart Institute. And remember, Intuitive Heart, heart is spelled H-R-A-R-T institute.com slash vision. And you'll find all the details there. This year, we're doing it a little bit differently. We're breaking up the sessions between uh, two Fridays instead of having all of them on one Friday, uh, you know, really paying attention to preserving the energy of the team so we can show up at our best and create these amazing connected canvases. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Vision Fest, but you're like, I do a vision board, what's the difference? The difference is we come together to allow our inner guides to create a beautiful map of what's to come, what's already in motion. And this map, which I call a connected canvas, basically 
provides affirmations throughout the year, empowering you to know that you're exactly where you're meant to be in that moment. Okay, so check that out. Uh, And also the link is in the show notes. So if you want to go there and just click there, do that. All right, so let's get to these top five episodes. And we're going to start with number five. And I have to be honest that this episode was probably the hardest uh, to record this year because it was the heaviest, Uh, but it was so necessary. And it's talking about safety in our homes and safety in the workplace. And when there is violence in either one of those areas, um, you know, what is our role in it in HR? And so Sabrina Oso joined us this season to talk about the work that she does that's inspired by her personal experience, but also, you know, how this trickles into the workplace and how, you know, one of the things that really hit me very hard during this episode is how our negligence or lack of awareness could potentially um, allow us to contribute to allowing abuse to continue. Uh, knowing and recognizing that not only do victims work somewhere, but abusers work somewhere as well. Um, so very powerful uh, conversation. And so today the snippet, because we're going to share snippets from each of these episodes with you, but the snippet that I pulled uh, is regarding actually men who are abused. Uh, if you've been following my work for, from the beginning, you'll know that uh, I have a very big soft spot for men and the lack of space that they're given to be vulnerable and have the growth opportunities that we um, easily have access to as women. And, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why that's the case. And we could (laughs) spend a whole season probably unpacking that. And regardless of how you feel uh, in regards to that topic, when Sabrina came on and was talking and I got to ask her about male abusers, uh, not male abusers, male victims, uh, and the gender component when we're talking about violence in the home and in the workplace. Uh, and I loved what she had to share, but I have to just tell you that the question was inspired from my personal HR experience and some of the worst cases I've dealt with workplace harassment, uh, workplace trauma has been with male victims and the uh, stigma that's associated with men not being the victim, men not having a female abuser uh, adds to that trauma and almost amplifies it. So let's take a moment and listen to what Sabrina had to share on this topic. As we say at Also Safe, abuse is abuse. It doesn't matter the gender that the hand occupies. Um, uh, yes, men are judged. They'll they'll get the what's the matter with you? You can't keep her in line. Look at you. You're six foot one and she's five foot two. What do you mean? And where they're not even believed or get her in line. Man up. Uh, Stop being such a, a, a baby or, a, a, um, you know, the comments that, that go along. And, and uh, uh, it's an excellent point. 
abuse is abuse. One out of seven men is abused. And like I said, those are just the ones that are documented. It's the same principle, the same. In fact, we go over a segment in our seminars for the workplace, for home and schools, for that matter, breaking the gender code where we make it known that not all men are abusive, that they are, they can be the victim. And this, this also sheds light on this is why we don't call it domestic violence because domestic domestic violence has such a stigma that all of the victims are female and it's just not true. So we prefer to say home violence mm -hmm. um, because it's more inclusive and uh, it's we encourage men to come forward and say, look, I, I, I am a victim. This is happening. Um, uh, I'm afraid of her. <laughs> So coming in at the number five slot for 2021 was the episode with Sabrina Oso called Safety at Home and Work. And you just heard a snippet from that incredible, powerful conversation. And I highly, highly encourage you to take a listen to it. I know that it's heavy. I know that it's hard to listen to. It was hard for me to facilitate, but it's what we need to hear. Um, and I follow Sabrina on social media and she has become the person of delivering messages that I know that I need to hear, even though it's hard and it would be really easy for me to decide to just ignore them. So thank you, Sabrina, for the work that you do. Thank you for being guests on the Heart of It podcast. And let's move on to episode number Four. So the number four most downloaded episode in 2021 was with Devin Miller. It was an attorney. When I saw the stats come out, I kind of laughed and said, that doesn't surprise me because HR people have a special place for attorneys. What really caught my attention about Devin when he reached out and wanted to chat with us is that he wants to talk about intellectual property, which is something that I am... Um, fascinated by. I don't have the privilege of diving deeper into it. But actually, uh, before I found HR, I was considering a path in being a intellectual property attorney. So talk about things kind of coming full circle. But Devin kind of shared with us, um, you know, things that we should consider in this arena of law and how it impacts our employees and our organizations. And when we truly are trying to limit risk, um, what are some things that we should keep in mind, particularly around confidentiality, also around um, protecting our intellectual property of our organization? You know, what does the employee own versus what does the organization own um, from creative material, which I know that I don't ever give much thought to, uh, but especially now that we have a lot of remote working, working from home, uh, that we're also creating, you know, in my world as a trainer, we're creating more content as forms of video. So it's less about what's happening in a classroom and more so about this digital media um, and who owns that? And is it clear to the employee? Anyways, I'm talking and I don't want to take it away because this is the snippet that I pulled from Devin's episode and he's going to talk much more about that. So let's take a listen to what Devin had to say on this topic. Anytime you're going to have confidential information that you're telling to somebody else, you're generally going to want to have an NDA in place. So those are kind of the three types of agreements that you may want to think about. So I'll pause there. 
When these agreements, because once again, I'm not, I mean, I've seen them, but I've never really mm. gone through all the terminology. I'm guilty to say that. Um, <laughs> just let the lawyers do it. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Or just go and I've find a boilerplate them. online. I'm sure it will be fine. There's never anything wrong with boilerplates on Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, usually I, I, yeah, I'm better than that, but I, I, yeah. So anyways, when they're talking about the confidentiality and talking about the certain information, Mm -hmm. like, is it, is it typically in these documents and even in the intellectual property, like that it's assumed that everything is covered or does it have to be like specifically identified, like for certain scenarios? Because when you say confidential information, like, I, I don't know. I just, in the world of employees, I've learned mm. that not everyone has the same baseline <laughs> of understanding. Mm. Um, and so does it like, I guess you could, like, is this something that you should be updating? Like when you have other things that you want to make sure are clear in there or I mean, what, what have you seen? Like, what's a typical, I'm just asking, cause I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so I kind of, yes, kind of the both. So in the sense that a lot of times with the like in, in or any of the agreements, you're going to have, Usually it's a long paragraph that lists everything from documents to signatures to inventions to trademarks. And it's going to be a long list that kind of tries to hit as many things as attorneys have been able to think of to add to that list. It's long and broad and not everything applies. But then you you will want to, if you're getting into doing something, just double check that it's in that list. So let's say something that's a bit odd. I'm having someone and I'm making it up or produce a video for me that I hire them and, and do it in production. Well, you may or may not have video production in what you had in there or raw video files or something that then just you can go and kind of check that list. It's generally a, a section in there and make sure it's added in there or it's generally covered. And if not, then you'd want to add it into that list. So kind of in the middle generally that list is pretty well done if it's by a good attorney don't go by the boilerplate online because some of those are very short and they don't cover hardly anything some of those are so long that it's going to take you five years to retype of a thing but you know make sure you have a general list and add that into it and you'll you'll generally be okay as far as whether or not you're going to be covered and that was a snippet from the number four top episode in 2021, which is HR and Intellectual Property with Devin Miller. Definitely an episode to check out talking about some of the legal sites that we're not always paying attention to in the world of HR and trying to in efforts to protect our organizations and limit liability. All right. So we're now hitting that tipping point and going to our top number three episode for 2021. And I'm really excited that this made the top five. And it was my interview, or shall I say, coaching session with Micah Lawrence. So Micah does Clifton Strengths Assessments. And uh, I think I share this in the podcast episode, but when he first reached out, I was kind of like, you know, Clifton Strengths has kind of become a buzzword in the business world. Isn't it a little bit overdone? And Micah shared that he was like, well, let me look at your results. Let's have this interactive conversation. Let's talk about how it can be used and applied uh, to be really, really powerful. And Micah blew me away. It's probably one of the longer episodes that we had this year. Uh, And if I had my way, it would probably have been two more hours because talking with Micah, being coached by Micah, there was just so many great takeaways. And I'm so glad that I got to capture that experience and share it with all of you so that you know what's possible with that amazing tool and even reaching out and working with Micah directly. So the snippet that I pulled from this episode for you is when Micah did a very beautiful lesson about our strengths 
and how they can also hinder us or become almost a weakness um, because every strength has almost an opposite when it's taken to the extreme, uh, which we all know that. But for an assessment that we assume is highlighting, focusing on the positive and not taking the negative, and I wouldn't say that it's negative per se, but it definitely is um, areas of opportunity. You know, our strengths, if we take them to the extreme, can be our downfall. And I'm going to leave it there because Micah's going to pick up this lesson and do it so much better than what I'm doing. So let's take a listen to Micah. I love that. Okay, so what I just described is the strength side. Those are the positive applications, the mature applications of that strength. The weakness side or some of the raw side can be that people with high responsibility, because they want to be helpful, they love helping people, they have a hard, can have a hard time saying no. Somebody asks for your help, you say yes. Somebody, hey, I really need you. Okay, I'll do that. Now, they can have a hard time delegating. Because their standard of quality is so high, they, they won't turn in something with their name on it that isn't their best work. And so if they look around and there's not a guarantee that it's going to be as good as you could do it yourself, you just want to do it yourself, which means you take on more work. So if you see where I'm going with this, this is where burnout happens. People with high responsibility, their, their self-care is the first thing to go because they have a hard time saying no and they have a hard time delegating to other people. They also, in relationships, people with high responsibility tend to have really high expectations. And that goes both for themselves, they have high expectations for their own performance, and for others. And sometimes it can be very frustrating when other people don't share that standard of quality or that, um, those high expectations that you have for yourself and for them. I remember an experience I, I had a few years ago where we had a a family reunion and one of my brothers, all of us had committed to go. One of my brothers, like the week before, a few days before the family family reunion was like, oh, we decided not to go. We're gonna go to Vegas instead and visit some friends. And, and that really bothered some of my family who have high responsibility. They were like, wait, what? You committed to coming to this. And, uh, and now you're just gonna go somewhere else. And he's like, oh yeah, I just decided I didn't want to and I'd rather do this. And to him, who has low responsibility, it, it was fine. It was his choice. It was his time. And the commitment didn't really matter because he changed his mind. I, I have new information. You know, I'd rather go to this other place. And to him, it wasn't a big deal. And so when I talk to people who have high responsibility, especially in teams, I have to remind them not everybody has high responsibility like you. You have high expectations for yourself. Sometimes you project those expectations on others and they're gonna disappoint you. If you are expecting them to do as what comes naturally to you, and we can't do that to people. We can't expect them to think the way that we think. We can't expect them to be good at something that you don't even have to try. It comes so naturally to you, you don't have to try. So to expect that of other people is unfair. And that was a snippet from the episode Gallup's Clifton Strengths Assessment with Michael Lawrence. And that was our number three episode for 2021 in season two of the Heart of It podcast. It is an amazing, inspiring episode. And I say that knowing what people have said as they have reached out. This is one of those episodes that people have talked to me about and how they have almost reinvented how they work because of the words that Micah shared in that episode. So check it out. 
highly, highly recommend. And thanks, Micah, for being a guest on the Heart of It podcast. So let's move on to number two. I uh, am beyond excited, ecstatic that this episode ended up at number two because it was a long awaited guest. We're transitioning to two episodes. The top two episodes of the year almost affirm the biggest decision that I made in 2021, which was rebranding as the Heart Center, coming forward to serve HR practitioners and help heal workplaces by integrating Chinese medicine into it all. And the the incredible individual who started all of that journey with me is Kara Lovehart. Uh, and she was someone, and I shared on the podcast that I wanted to be on the podcast time and time again, but as a traditional HR consulting firm, I struggled to figure out how she fit. And this year, it all made sense. It all fell into place. And she came on to talk about being an empath at work, which is where I started figuring out how to set boundaries and deal with this innate nature, this innate nature that can be almost crippling at times. Uh, if, if you lack the awareness or acceptance of this ability that you have. And so let's take a listen to a snippet from this episode where Kara talks directly about being an empath, what that means in her words. Oh my gosh. So that's perfect. An empath is someone who is very sensitive empathically. And this is more beyond just this general empathy you have for your family or your spouse or your kids. Like I think everyone out there can relate to when you go home at the end of your long work day and maybe your spouse is really grumpy and you have a hard time like disconnecting from your spouse's grumpiness and you're like, hey, I just like need to chill now. And I think that we, we as empathic individuals, we feel emotions from other people that we're most likely interconnected with or have greater intimacy with. But an empath in general is someone that feels that way with everyone, even strangers. So it's a little bit more challenging because you have a greater intimacy emotionally with people that you may not even know. You're passing a stranger in the grocery store and you're feeling their emotions of frustration or anger or whatever. And a lot of times I think empathic people, when they don't recognize that they're an empath, they think it's their own emotions that they're feeling. They think that they're, maybe they're struggling with anxiety or I don't know why I'm so rageful today. I don't, it, there's nothing to be mad about. And I think that that struggle is something when there's not an awareness there of what it actually is, is going on, then we cope with food, any sort of addicted behavior, or anything that we can do to escape these overwhelming emotions that we feel. And I think that people who are highly empathic are like yourself, Sam, who work in the helping industry. We tend to work with either people in general, or animals, or children, or anywhere where we, we can help. And empaths are the people that the strangers come up to you and tell you their whole life story. And you have a really deep emotional inner world. Um, you feel that intimacy is challenging. So we have two types of empaths. There could be the people that completely guard themselves and seem very distant because that's been their way to cope with a highly empathic personality or people who tend to enmesh themselves with other people's energy. And what that, that means is when you can't separate yourself from, you know, that, that work, that coworker at the meeting who's feeling anxious or whatever. And you're sitting there trying to figure out how do I cope here? 
I'm kind of grinding my teeth. I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling nauseous to my stomach. How do I separate myself from that person's energy? Um, I think people who are empaths also feel like they have a great purpose right now on the planet to help in some way in their life. There's something that they're doing to help others. And I think re recharge time for empaths is, is non-negotiable. I think that is the one thing that if you are not recognizing that you have this sensitivity to the greater capacity of just sending your fam family or friends, I think that that coping, um, it really, you put yourself last. You're over-helping others, over-nurturing others, usually people-pleaser in some capacity, and usually boundaries with that are really challenging. And that was a snippet from the number two episode of 2021, Being an Empath at Work with Kara Loveheart. An incredible episode. And for anyone who is looking for that foundational knowledge regarding being an empath, if you know, figuring out if you're an empath or if you know an empath in your life and what really is happening with them, listen to that episode. Um, and thanks, Kara, for just being there always. So now it's time for us to reveal the number one episode from 2021. This episode, um, I was so excited to do, and I think I had to wait the longest from booking the guest to when I got to speak with her and actually record the episode. And I think I'm not the only one that was excited because the downloads for this were unreal. Over 250 of you have listened to this episode in 2021. And we've heard you, so she's coming back in season three, and we're going to get even more information from Amy Lynn Durham. This is the episode on spiritual intelligence, where we've talked about emotional intelligence for years in business, and Amy introduced us to spiritual intelligence. The snippet that I pulled from this wonderful conversation that introduced this concept that so many of you loved uh, is talking about the power of connection during team meetings. This is something that I talk about all the time. And I was so excited when Amy put it out there uh, as a actual leader before she transitioned to the work that she does and saw the effectiveness that it had with the team. I always am talking about the huge opportunity that we have with team and staff meetings and how we basically just wasted by boring them and creating agendas that nobody pays attention to. Now that I'm saying that out loud, we could probably even make the same argument for some board meetings um, that just don't engage and don't get people bought in to the way that you would want for especially a nonprofit board uh, where people are volunteering, but with any organization. So let me stop talking and allow Amy to do some talking and share her knowledge from the most downloaded episode of 2021, which is spiritual intelligent with spiritual intelligence, excuse me, with Amy Lynn Durham. Bringing them together. I would purposely put individuals together that I knew didn't get along <laughs> once I really started doing this, but I would, I would put them together in group activities that I knew were connecting. So, you know, if I heard somebody complaining about someone and what they're doing, you know, where I could be an earshot, I would say, okay, they're in my brain. I would be like, okay, they're in the next connecting group activity. Cause I know this person and I know this person and I know that they're both human and they're going, whatever they're going through in life, because I got to know them personally as a leader, 
they get together and they recognize those human qualities within each other as well. And it, it just works because, (laughs) and also what I noticed too is, you know, we could talk about data, we could go through P&Ls, we could do all sorts of financial analysis, talk about our initiatives for the quarter, whatever that may be. But what everybody was really impacted by in the meeting were the connecting activities that we would do, like the intention setting together. You know, what do you want to let go of? Write five things down that you want to let go of in the workplace or in your life today. We're going to share them with each other and then we're going to light them on fire in front of each other. And when this, when the staff leaves, it's like, whoa, I mean, there's tears there. They heard what the other person wanted to let go of. Wow. I didn't know he was going through that. I'm going to reach out to him and help him with this project, whatever that is. You can throw all the data out the window from the meeting, productivity, profitability through the roof because everybody matters and everyone cares about each other. Yeah. It's. Uh, funny here uh, on my team we have this little inside joke before when I was doing HR focused on um, employee relations so more around terminations it used to be you made people cry because you were like letting people go here we focus on the experience when we create those connections and we do a team intervention and people are brought to tears and vulnerability like we'll leave and we'll be like oh i got three people to cry yes it's like a <laughs> it's like a achievement because of that level of vulnerability especially when somebody can release in tears and sometimes mm-hmm. you know as much as we're in that yellow phase when we finally do release like sometimes all we can do is is cry and be moved and and then what comes after is these beautiful connections that are so powerful that break down silos and um mm-hmm. and and make things easier at work it's just amazing what things kind of solve themselves when we're not obsessing with um with like how to work with each other because we have a trust that's there so i love that it's those simple things um mm-hmm. so you're creating yeah, yeah you're creating safety with with it that's part of the polyvagal theory too I'm, I, that i'm sort of attached to my sq practice but yeah creating safety really huge yeah. Psych- and they talk you know psychological safety in the workplace is huge and how amazing is that creating a healing space in the workplace because really crying is just energy passing and leaving the body and how cool is that that you've provided that space in the workplace for people because we're at work a lot (laughs) and as you just said you probably noticed it's a win-win um because they're more productive and the company is more profitable and they're more connected with each other i think i i've talked about this before but harvard business review came out with some data pre-covid and they were saying that lonely workers leave their jobs within six months. Um, If you feel isolated or if you feel lonely, it's equivalent to smoking like 15 cigarettes a day. And it it was a huge data piece on loneliness in the workplace. And it was suggesting that, hey, people might not be burnt out because of their workload. They actually might be burnt out because they feel lonely and isolated. There you have it, the top five episodes from season two, 2021 of the Heart of It podcast. 
And this is it for us for this year. We're going to be coming back in February of 2022 for season three. And we have some incredible guests lined up, including the return of Amy Lynn Durham for another episode where we get to chat at a deeper level about a topic that you all loved. So I hope you have a beautiful holiday, whatever you celebrate, and a very incredible happy new year as we continue to navigate these unique times. Um, And I can't wait to be back with you for season three next year of the Heart of It podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourself and I'll see you next year. (laughs) 